All right, welcome to One Church. My name's Chris. I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, I hope you guys have had a fantastic morning. Have y'all had a good morning so far? I tell you, I so love it when Josh and the band, and we have so many wonderful volunteers who create environments, not only where people who aren't connected to God can come and hang out, but also people who are connected to God can come and learn more about the Bible. So um, we're going to have a great time here today. We're going to finish up our series called Labels. And in this series, we've really been asking one primary question. And the primary question we've been asking is, who or what will you let to define you? Who will you let to define your self-worth, your self-image, and who you really are? That's the question we've been asking. You know, the first week we looked at um, and we saw that so many times relationships and the relationships that we're in, we allow to define us. And we talked about how in every relationship, we should define the relationship and not allow the relationship to define us. Then last week we looked at so many times we allow our purchases and things and things of that nature to define us. Uh, We allow, when we purchase things, and there's nothing wrong with having things, there's a huge thing, huge problem when things have us and own us. You know, I am, I turned 40 years old this year. And uh, one of the things that I've learned, and and I, I tell you, I have worn a lot of labels, by the way, do you know that the only people who were clapping were people over 40? Throwing that out there. Because the rest of you are going, he's going to die. <laughs> I wrote down some labels that I have worn. Let me just give you uh, some of these. Um, I've been a son. I've been a brother. I have been a fortunate son. I have been a problem child. I have been an awful brother. I have been a rebel. I've been a Christ follower. I've been a Boy Scout. I've been an Eagle Scout. I've been a band geek, a musician. I've been an A student. I've been a C student. I've been an F student. I've been a failure. I've been an employee of the month. Uh, I have been unemployed. I've been single. I've been married. I've been a good husband. I've been an absent husband. I've been a bad husband. I've been fatherless. I have been a father. I've been a good dad. I've been a bad dad. I've been a so-so dad. I've been a youth pastor. I have been a worship pastor. I have been a church planter. And I have been a lead pastor. I've been all of those labels and so much more. The thing that I want to really spend time today is get you asking the question, what labels have you worn? What labels have you specifically worn? They may be good labels. They may be not so good labels. But who or what have you allowed to define your worth? Because today, there are some labels that we need God to remove from us. And there are some labels that we need to allow God to label us with. And my question to you this morning before we continue is, which one are you? Which camp are you in? Do you need to have God take some labels off of you? 
Or are you, do you need God to put some labels on you? Or maybe it's just a mixture of both. You know, so many times um, when we look in the mirror, what do you see? You know, one of the things about mirrors is I, I love, you know, sometimes mirrors are our friends, right? Sometimes they're not, right? How many of y'all have ever been to like a circus or something like that and they had one of those kind of weird mirrors, you know, that made you, you know, big or tall or skinny, anyone? I love the skinny mirrors, throwing that out there. All right. You get me nine foot tall. I am a perfect body weight. All right. But here's the thing. So many times when we look into the mirrors, we really see a distorted picture of who we are. In fact, um, for those who own Mac computers and there may be have some of this on Windows computers, there's this little application on Mac computers called a photo booth. And what Photo Booth does is it allows you to get the, the camera from your computer and you, it can do some weird things to you. Let me show you some pictures, some fun things I've had when it comes to, to Photo Booth. That's scary. I'm just throwing that out there. All right. I'll show you. Just keep on going. Just, there's a couple of, yeah, um, almost the one-eye unibrow type of dude. Um, throw that out there. All right. And then this one, um, this is in my jock days. So um, a little bit of Fred Flintstone there, throwing that out there. And that, I'm going to need counseling for seeing. So, but here's the thing. When I look in the mirror and when you look in the mirror, many times we see distorted pictures of who we really are. And those distortions aren't truth. They're not true. Now, here's the thing. If you believe the distortion to be true, then it's true to you. And there's something I really want to harp on a little bit about this today is that even if you believe a lie, that doesn't make it any more truth. You follow me on that? You can believe a lie and believe it so much that it's true to you, but it's still a lie. But here's the thing. Even though if you believe a lie to be truth, it still isn't truth. You've given that lie power over you. And that lie will control you. Let me tell you some of the things that I have seen is when I look into the mirror of my life. Um, I, see, I see awkward. Awkward. You know, one of the things about me is um, I, um, I walk kind of funny. Right? I mean, um, my, my, my bones are turned outward and I got really bad flat feet. And one of the things, I, we went to like 12 different doctors when I was a kid trying to figure out what's up with my legs. And, um, and they told me all kinds of wonderful, amazing things that I need to do, like take a Coke bottle and put my foot and roll it on a Coke bottle and that will give me arches. Amazingly enough, it didn't. All right. I found out when I finally got about 12 years old and after seeing the 13th doctor that um, really what I needed was braces. And y'all seen Forrest Gump, Janae, right? I needed braces. The problem is I had waited so long to get braces. They said, we're going to have to break your legs and then you're going to have like a 50% chance of walking again. And I prayed about that for about one millisecond and said, no. Because <laughs> uh, I like mobility. So, but I, you know what? When I look at myself and I look at myself in the mirror, I just see somebody who's awkward. Somebody who is, you know, uh, I'm kind of like a bull in a china shop. I, I, I can walk around, and where some people walk in, around corners, I kind of nick it with my feet. And I was always uh, going around corners and busting my head open as a kid. That's why I'm this way. 
Another way I see my, I, I kind of see myself as this is um, just not good enough. Not good enough. Let me write that down. In fact, I will never forget. I grew up here in Clarksville. Not good enough. I grew up here in Clarksville, and I wanted to play baseball. So I went out to Barksdale Elementary School off of Madison Street, and I tried out for baseball. Now, it had been raining for about five days up to that point. This was Little League Baseball, okay? So it had been raining for five days. The field was muddy, but it was a clear, sunny day that day, Saturday morning, and I'm trying out. So I'm up there. I'm up there to bat, all right? And by the way, my mom is amazing at sports. She was like, uh, she went up against Padhead Summit and played up against, you know, her. And um, she was just amazing. I mean, she was the starter uh, on her basketball team. Um, I was not. She's good at baseball. She's good at all this stuff. Softball, you name it. She's great at it. So she taught me how to bat. So I'm out there and I got my bat in, in Little League and, you know, cheering me on. My dad's there. My mom's there. You can do it, right? So I'm up there and, and they, the first pitch, man, I, I hit it. I mean, not that big of a deal. And, I, and it goes into the infield, and I start running as fast as my little legs can take me. And I was a skinny dude at the time, and I was running. Well, the problem is I didn't have a belt on, and my pants fell down while I was running around my ankles. I mean, they came all the way down. So now I'm running like this. I'm falling in the mud, and I'm getting mud all over my shorts, all over my underwear, throw that out there. I mean, mud everywhere. And I, I make it to first base. Of course, I did not, I wasn't safe. And everybody's laughing. And I'm going, that was the first and the last time I have ever went out for, for little league practice. I mean, to join a team. And I was always kind of the last person picked. I don't know if anybody else was like that, but I wasn't I wasn't that good. Now, I'm halfway all right at softball now, and I love playing that, but I just, at the time, I wasn't good enough. Let me tell you another thing a lot of times where I, when I look into the mirror. As I, I see somebody um, who is a failure, a failure, because uh, I have been in the ministry for years now, but not all of my ministry experiences were good times. In fact, uh, there was a ministry experience in the Midwest that was very painful for me and my family. And, um, you know, looking back on it, you know, we learned lessons and this and that. But I tell you, I just see a big fat failure in that. And, uh, and uh, to be honest, what was hurtful is I was betrayed in that. And I'm, I can put that down there. And sometimes you just feel betrayed. An- another one, um, for, for others of you, I mean, what do, what do you see when you look into the mirror? I see awkward, not good enough, failure, betrayed. Sometimes, I, this is kind of weird, but I, when I was in uh, Virginia Beach area, by the way, I'm glad I'm not there right now. Uh, I got a lot of friends up there I've been praying for because of Hurricane Irene, but I ended up getting a mole taken off my nose. And they left this huge scar. Now, you can, no, none of y'all see this, I mean, unless I point it out, right? But hear me, when I look into the mirror, it's obvious to me. It's not obvious when I'm talking to you, but it's obvious to me. And you have some things like that about you too, don't you? You look in the mirror and you're going, you know, that just that bothers me. In fact, I've heard supermodels who, I mean, are knowingly beautiful. People pay for them to be on covers of magazines. But yet, many times, they, and there's, there were, there's things they want to change about themselves. And I'm that. What do you see when you look in the mirror? For others of you, you may see addict. Because your personality, 
There's something about your personality. You, you either are, are full-blown on or you're full-blown off. And you can get addicted to stuff really easily, whether it be drugs, whether it be alcohol, whether it be um, whatever that is, gambling, whatever it is. You, 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 you go all in and you become an addict. For others of you, um, you see yourself as unloved. Because you have tried your hand at the marriage thing and it didn't work out. In fact, you see, I mean, people come up to you and you just think, you know what, there's no way you see everybody else happy at marriage. But you know that happiness is not for you. Because with you, you have this big D you feel like on your chest. And you're dejected. Because somebody has rejected you. And that's exactly how you feel. It's reject. For others of you, you feel like, you know what? I don't have enough education. I am an idiot. I'm not smart enough. So many of us, we look at these labels that we place on ourselves... And we look at that and we, we, we allow the labels to define us. It doesn't matter if somebody's put it on you or we put it on ourselves. Some of you, you wear the label stupid. I'll never forget a couple of small groups ago. Um, there, was some, there was a guy in our small group that said, you know what? I'm not smart. I know I'm not smart because this is what my parents, this is what my parents told me I was. There's something about it. That we, just like a mirror, picks up smudges and fingerprints. So many times we pick up smudges and fingerprints of people when they've tried to label us. Addict, unloved, rejected, idiot, not smart. Let me tell you our big idea where we're going today. Our big idea is simply this. That people, people's labels will always limit us. Even if those labels come from you. People's labels limit us. But God's labels liberate us. Let's say that out loud. People's labels limit us, but God's labels liberate us. It's like a tongue twister. Crazy. But let me tell you what I mean by that. Let me tell you. There's something, only somebody who's created something can label that creation. It's like this. How many of y'all have ever created anything? How many of y'all are parents? All right. You've created something. Thank you very much. Right? And what did you do to that child? You named that child, right? In fact, my wife and I, for the longest time, we wanted to have 12 kids. Y'all ever seen the Duggars? We wanted that to be us. And then we had one kid. And we said no, right? It's amazing. All right, but to this day, I bet you we still have lists and lists of names that we wanted to name our children. That we never got to. We had tons of, of, of wonderful girl names that we've never used because we only have boys. But there's something about it. When, when, when an inventor creates something, he or she can label that because they created it. Let me tell you, the only person who has the right to label you is your creator. And that is God himself. You see, it doesn't matter if it's even good labels. If you label yourself, if you allow somebody else to label you, 
they will always limit your potential. Always. But God, he wants to label you. And there's something about the labels he wants you to wear. It doesn't limit us, but it sets us free. It liberates us. If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. And if you don't have your Bibles, we give away Bibles here at One Church. We also are going to have them on the screen or you can go to Version and download it on your smartphone and you can follow along. All right. 1 John chapter 3 verse 1 and it says this. By the way, 1 John was written by a dude by the name of John. All right. He says this in chapter 3. See how very much our Father loves us. For he calls us his children, and that is what we are. Do you know what one of the labels God labels you and I if we have a relationship with Jesus Christ? We are his children. He labels us child of God. That is amazing. Now, again, I don't know kind of where you're at in this and what type of parents you had growing up and all this stuff. I don't know if you had parents that treated you right or not. But you need to know God, as a heavenly father, he wants to call you child of God. And how that happens is through a relationship with Jesus Christ. That one of the labels he wants to label you is child of God. Now, what happens is so many times we can go on here and we can say, okay, he he wants to label us child of God. But it seems like all the other people, all the other people we surround us with, we listen to awkward and not good enough and failure and betrayed and not smart or stupid or addict or nerd or geek or all of these other things. And they overpower child of God. They overpower it. But this is a label that today God, he's either labeled you with because you have a relationship with God. Or if you're here today and maybe you've bounced out of church years ago and you've showed back up recently, you need to know this. God has a desire to label you child of God. That's what he wants. But. So many other people, we listen to their labels. In fact, let me read you another verse. This is found in John 8, 44, and Jesus is talking. This is red letter stuff. Jesus is talking, and he's talking about Satan. He's talking about the devil, our enemy, and he says this. The devil was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. Is there truth found in him? No, all right? When he, what's that next word? When he lies, it is consistent with his character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Let me tell you a little bit about Satan. Satan would like no better thing than to be able for you to believe those negative labels. Because he knows that if you believe a lie, the lie will have power over you even though it's a lie. Because you believe it. Not because it's true, but because you believe it. Some of you, you're here today, and when you look in the mirror or when you see other people, you cringe and you shrink down. You need to know you are believing a lie because my Heavenly Father, the God's Word, the Bible says that He wants to see you as a child of God. And a child who is loved unconditionally. I mean, most of us in here, if we're good parents, it doesn't matter if your child took a BB gun and shoot out all the windows of your car after of some restriction. By the way, that's happened to me. And they are still alive. All right? Mm. 
need counseling for this, all right? But I still love my kids. I still love them. I'm not bitter. No, I still love my children. Why? Because they're my children. You see, even if they want to get away from me, they can change their name to Tallulah. All right, they can change and they can change their last name. But, I, you know, there's something you can change names all you want to. But my DNA is in my children. You can't change that. Even if you want to change it, you can be seen as a child of God. I'm going to keep on reading in first John chapter three, verse seven. It says this, dear children, what, what is he calling you? Children, dear children, don't let anyone deceive you. That's what we're talking about here. Don't be deceived. Whoever does what God approves of has God's approval as Christ has God's approval. Now, isn't that just something? Keep that verse up there. Do you know what that verse says? You see, the reason why we do dumb things, the reason why we buy the things that we buy is because we want approval, right? I mean, the reason why anybody ever buys skinny jeans ain't because they look good. It's because you want approval. The reason why we buy the cars that we do is because we want approval. And you know what God is telling you and I today? That if we have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you've already got his approval. You don't have to work for it. He has already done it. He has given you that approval because of what he has done on the cross for you and for me. So we have his approval. God says we already have it. And in that, it, it, that's what we seek after. So as we end today, I just want to say, I want to give you some practical steps because all of us, so many times it's easy to kind of keep this in the head and not figure out how we can get this to our feet and our hands. How do we stop wearing these labels and allow God to relabel us practically? Seriously, how can we do that? And the first one, There's three steps. First one is this. We have to acknowledge the labels that you have worn. You have to acknowledge the labels that you and I have worn. You see, you can't tear something off, a label off, until you figure out where the label's at. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. We're going to put a number up on the screen right now. Everybody take out your phones. It's getting crazy here today. All right? Especially if you have a text plan. Take out your phones. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to text to this number. I'm going to ask you to text to this number some of the labels that you have worn. Some of the labels that you have worn. And I'm just, as you're typing in that number, especially some of the negative labels that you've worn, I'm just going to throw some labels out there that might be yours. A rebel, problem child, average, mediocre, Rejected. Fat. Skinny. Ordinary. Alone. Guilty. Adulterer. Liar. Thief. Porn addict. What are your labels? I'm just throwing samples of them out there. By the way, this is anonymous. Nobody's going to know what number you have, all right? 
And, I, and I'm going to tell you what's going to happen is in our next newsletter, we're just going to put some of these down, uh, samples of all of these, what everybody has texted in. Because I tell you, you can't allow God to rip these labels off of you until you acknowledge the labels that you have worn and that I have worn. So, everybody have that? Now, here's what I want you to do. If you got those labels typed in, all right, I want you to hit send. Go ahead and hit send. And I want you to acknowledge the labels that you have worn. By the way, this is not my phone number up here. This is actually one we got specifically for today. So it would be anonymous. All right? So acknowledge the labels that you have worn. Now, the second thing, practically, of how we can allow God to relabel us is this one. Number two is be informed how God labels you. Let me tell you, you can't allow God to relabel you if you don't know God. And you don't know what God says. That's huge. It, that's like uh, going to, a, uh, a, go to a, a class in school and not have read any of the material and you're going to take a test on it. What's going to happen? You're going to fail. You can put that as a label. All right, because it doesn't work. If you don't know, if you don't know the material, the material will never, ever get inside of you. That is huge. In fact, I have a video that really shows this really well. Watch this. This is the truth. If we just turn things upside down, we can't know God and feel his presence. I would be lying to you if I said that the Almighty wants to be your Father, that God has a plan for your life, that He wants to know you, that you are wanted, that you can be loved. But you must know, you don't deserve any of this. And I am convinced of this because I know the heart of man. We are forever separated from God. I refuse to believe under any circumstance that we could be loved by God right now. Because of our dependency on Christ, we have lost the connection to God but there's so much more you don't know. This is the truth. God is holy, and we are not. You should know that exactly the opposite is true. God is holy, and we are not. This is the truth, that there's so much more that you don't know. We have lost the connection to God, but because of our dependency on Christ, we could be loved by God right now. I refuse to believe under any circumstance that we are forever separated from God. And I am convinced of this because I know the heart of man. You don't deserve any of this. But you must know that you can be loved. That you are wanted and he wants to know you. That God has a plan for your life. The Almighty wants to be your father. I would be lying to you if I said that you cannot know God and feel his presence. If we just turn things upside down, this is the truth. What's so cool about that is you can hear everything that he said and then he put it in reverse order. And it was the truth once it was reversed. So many times we need to flip the list and we need to see God how God sees us from his perspective. And so many times that is the exact opposite of what, how everybody else sees us. The exact opposite. I mean, if you think about it, somebody can look at a Mother Teresa 
and, or a Billy Graham and say, you know what, these people, Mother Teresa has nothing. She was never in the in crowd. Uh, from a cult- cultural perspective, she, was, she wasn't important. I mean, she wasn't like a Paris Hilton or a Britney Spears. She didn't have the good looks. She didn't have the fame. But yet, if you flip the list and you see her how God sees her, she was able to do some amazing things because she actually believed the label that God labeled her with. Imagine what God could do in and through your life if you allowed Him to relabel you. Child of God. And you stopped believing the lie of how everybody else sees you. Even if they're people who are close to you. It may have been a parent. It may be a husband, an ex-husband, an ex-wife. If you started believing the truth of how God sees you. Because God's power is always bigger than your past. You see, some of you, you're wearing labels today and rightfully you should be wearing them. Some of you, you wear the label adulterer because you have made a mistake. A horrific mistake. Do you deserve it? Yes, you do. But let me tell you something. God's power is always bigger than your past. He wants to rip that label off, that scarlet letter, and He wants to put that on the cross where it's covered in scarlet. He can relabel you, but you have to believe the truth. In fact, this is what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. It says this. What this means is that those who become Christians... What does it mean to be a Christian? It doesn't mean coming to church. It doesn't mean giving money in an offering plate. It doesn't mean uh, praying a certain prayer or rubbing on some beads. It doesn't mean any of that. What becoming a Christian means is beginning a relationship with God. And the only way we can begin a relationship with God is when we come to God and we acknowledge the labels that we have worn. And some of them, it's because we have messed up. The the Bible says that everyone has sinned. And it's when we give that sin to God that God gives us His new label, righteousness, and that we become Christians. So that's what it means to become a Christian, to put our faith in Him. What this means is that those who become Christians become, what are those two words? New persons. They are not the same anymore. For the what? Old life is gone and a new life has begun. It doesn't matter what your parents said about you. It doesn't matter what your ex-spouse said about you. It doesn't matter what your employer said about you. It doesn't matter what your child has said about you. It doesn't matter what someone in a romantic relationship has said about you. It doesn't matter what your business partner said about you. It doesn't matter what your ex-friend who stabbed you in the back has said about you. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. That is fact. That is how God sees you if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Our new label has to come from God because the person who created us is the only person who has the right to label us. I'm going to keep on reading. Verse 18 says this. All this newness of life. I like that. All this newness of life comes from where? God, who brought us back 
to himself through what Christ did. Now, what did Christ do? Well, Christ, he was up on a cross. He died on a cross. And you know what? The Bible says, you know, a person was to die for their sins. Here's the thing about Jesus. He didn't have any. He was totally right with God. The only labels that was on him is the labels that his heavenly father put on him because he never screwed up. So he didn't have to die. But he chose to die. Why? For you and for me so that we can get relabeled by our Heavenly Father so that we can go to God. Who brought us back to Himself through what Christ did. And God has given us the task of reconciling people to Him. Throw this out here. All right, That's why we're here as a church. You see, the reason why one church exists is so there are people who have been reconciled. That means been made right. How many of y'all have ever had a fight with your spouse? All right? Things were not good. But eventually you stopped sleeping on the couch and you went back to the bed, right? Why? Reconciliation, my friends. Right? As a guy, here's what you did. You said, I'm sorry, I'm an idiot. All right. Now, it may have been her fault. I'm just telling you. All right. When it comes to our Heavenly Father, we were the idiots. We were the ones who did wrong. And we were reconciled. And that's why we show up every Sunday morning. That's why we have people here so that we know people are going to walk in to this church and they're going to hear, hey, by the way, do you know God wants to relabel you? Do you know God loves you? And that we want to be in the business of reconciling people to him. That's why we exist. For God was in Christ reconciling how many people? Just some people, right? Just the people who have a right skin color, who have so much money, the people, just a few people. Is that what it says? Reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. This is the wonderful message that God has given us to tell others. That's that's what we're doing today. Some of you, you need to hear, you're not a failure. Some of you, you need to hear, you're not unlovable. In fact, there, even when you have felt unlovable, that was a lie. You've always been lovable. Why? Because God so loved you that he gave his one and only son, that whoever would believe in him, that you could have eternal life. So let me tell you, when, when the world calls you addict, unloved, Rejected? Idiot? We have to acknowledge the labels that we've worn. We have to be informed of how God sees us. And then we have to... Stop believing the lie. We have to allow God's word to shatter our preconceived notions of ourself. And we have to believe the fact that we are a child of God. That is who we are. The third thing is to choose to wear the truth of God's labels. We have to choose to wear the truth of God's labels. Because you can choose a lie. But that doesn't make it any more true. So what will you do? What type of labels do you need to allow God to wipe from you? 
What type of label have you labeled yourself with? Or maybe somebody over you has labeled you with, and you need to start believing the truth, child of God. I'm going to read to you a a verse that has just amazed me. This is found in Isaiah. Isaiah chapter chapter 62, verse 2. And listen to how our, our Heavenly Father talks about you and me. And you will be given a new name by the Lord's own mouth. Do you know that God wants to relabel you? God wants to relabel you, and by relabeling you, he will give you a new purpose and a new calling. In fact, God did this in the Bible all the time. In fact, let me just spend some time. If you've not been in church for a while, you might want to just take down some of these notes. But there was a dude at the very beginning of of the Bible. His name was Abram. And Abram was 100 years old, and he had a wife who was 90 named Sarai. And God promised Abram, listen, nobody's going to call you Abram anymore. They're going to be calling you Abraham, which means father of a nation. The problem is he wasn't a father of anything. He wasn't a father of a nation. He wasn't a father of Uno. Right? But God promised him, and God always comes through on his promises, and he relabeled Abram to Abraham. He relabeled Sarai to Sarah. A couple of uh, grandchildren later, they, there's this kid named Jacob. In fact, some of you, you know some people named Jacob. If you knew what Jacob meant, you would never name any children Jacob. Throw that out there. It means deceiver. In fact, some of you are going, I have a child named Jacob, and that fits. Right? Especially if you got a toddler. Let me tell you, God chose this guy named Jacob who was a deceiver. I mean, and his label fit. He was a deceiver. But God relabeled him. And you don't know him as Jacob that much. In fact, we have an entire country today who's called Israel because he renamed Jacob to Israel. Israel. You know, in the New Testament, there was this guy by the name of Saul. And he liked killing Christians. He was crazy. He was a terrorist. Right? And he's going to all these different places. And he, he's going to Damascus. And he's riding on this on this uh, on these uh, horses, and he has a posse behind him. And they're going to this city of Damascus to grab Christians and either put them in jail or kill them. And as he's riding to Damascus, this huge light shone down upon him, and he and, and it struck him blind. And he heard this voice. It said, "Saul, Saul, why are you hurting me? I'm Jesus." And for the next three days, Saul was blind. And he had nowhere else to look outward except to look inward at the labels that he had placed upon himself. And three days later, when he came to his senses and he started talking to Jesus, Jesus healed his blindness. And he wasn't known as Saul anymore. Do you know what his name was changed to? Paul. The one I like the most is is a guy by the name of Simon. Simon was one of the leader of the 12 disciples. And Simon, he kind of had a a history of putting his foot in his mouth. I mean, all the time. The labels that he had worn was unpredictable, wishy-washy, undependable. And he was always saying, I was going to do this. And then he was falling back on his promises. He wasn't consistent. Until one day, there at this 
little town called Caesarea. And Jesus asked his disciples, who are people saying that I am? And some people said, well, you know what? They're calling you Elijah. Oh, that's a, that's a compliment. Okay. Because Elijah was a good prophet. Some are calling you John the Baptist. All right. He was a good dude. But then Jesus asked Simon, Simon, that's what everybody else is talking about me. What do you, what are you saying about me? What are you labeling me as? And Simon said this. Simon said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. You are the chosen one. You are the Messiah. You are my king. You are my Lord. And how did Jesus respond? Look at this, Matthew 16, verse 17. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are no longer Simon, but you are what? You are Peter, by the way, which means rock. You are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock. Now what he's saying is, yes, I am calling you rock, but what you just said, that I am the Christ, the Son of the living God, what you just said, I am going to build my church on your statement And I'm relabeling you, no longer Simon, but rock, but Peter. And upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Which means I am giving you a new name, Peter, and I am giving you a new purpose. You see, up to this point, all you've been interested in is fishing, bass fishing, right? You got your lures, you got all of that stuff. But you know what? This is a new gig for you, baby. You aren't going to be fishing for fish anymore. You are going to be fishing for people. You are Peter. And what's so amazing, you know, now, was he perfect after this point? No. Was there sometimes he didn't act like a rock? You betcha. But I tell you, just a few days later, after Jesus was dead, buried, resurrected, and went up to heaven, he, 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 he stands up in front of 3,000 people, and he says, let me tell you about Jesus. You said he was a prophet, you said this, you said that, but let me tell you who he was, and not only who he was, who he is. He is God's son, and he can change your life. And oh, by the way, you killed him. You see, he, his calling had changed. God had allowed his perception to be smashed. And he saw himself as a child of God. So what are you going to see yourself today? How are you going to see yourself? Who are you going to let to define who you are? You going to let what you see in the mirror define who you are? You going to let a mom or a dad or spouse, child? Employer, friend, who are you going to let define your worth? The only person who should define your worth is the person who created you. Because everybody else's labels limit us, but his labels set us free. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free.